Welcome to the Good Research Podcast, where we talk about those topics that most interest you, helping you make your research study the best it can be. And now, here is your host, Dr. Lauren Seifert. is episode 5 of Good Research. I'm Dr. Lauren Seifert, and the Good Research podcasts are for research students as well as researchers who would like to brush up on research techniques and methods. In the first four episodes of Good Research, I discussed four basic questions that should be answered before a researcher's work begins. Those questions relate to ontology, epistemology, generalizability, and reflexivity. I described basic tips for devising a research question, and I guided listeners through an exercise with the four basic questions so that they might better understand their own assumptions and be more apt to select a research orientation that fits their assumptions. In addition, I mentioned the varieties of research, including observational studies, case studies, surveys, quasi-experiments, and true experiments. Afterward, I went on to describe a basic approach to qualitative research, comparing various research orientations. As a reminder, good research begins with sound research practices. And one of the most fundamental of research practices is to start by stating one's assumptions. I hope that you have been able to find a research orientation that fits you well after listening to Good Research Episodes 1 through 4. Let's move on to explore our ideas about developing research questions and hypotheses in conventional traditional research. In episode five, we will spend our time in the realm of conventional traditional science, in the world of the scientific method and null hypothesis significance testing, also called NHST. Now certainly it's the case that conventional traditional science involves more than these things, but because they form the foundation of explanatory research, they are where we will begin. As I mentioned in previous episodes of Good Research, investigators who believe that universal truths exist share an objectivist ontology. If they are in conventional traditional science, then they will also have an objectivist epistemology in common. As such, conventional traditional scientists seek to discover the principles of reality through unbiased measures. A prevailing paradigm or approach in conventional traditional science is with the scientific method, whereby a researcher uses true experiments to identify cause and effect relationships. In a true experiment, the researcher aims to manipulate one or more variables, called independent variables or IVs, in order to cause change in another variable typically referred to as the dependent variable, or DV. 
very carefully constructing one's measurement instruments and protocols for running the study is of paramount importance. A researcher will pilot test her or his measurement techniques and devices beforehand in order to find any problems with instruments, methods, and procedures. This is the methodological reflexivity that was described in Good Research Episode 3. Pilot tests are like mini-tests or mini-studies. They happen in advance of a study so that potential problems with methods, measures, and procedures can be uncovered and corrected before a larger study is run. One of the hallmarks of a true experiment in conventional traditional science is to randomly assign subjects to conditions within a study. Typically, there are two conditions or levels of an independent variable. One is the intervention or treatment condition, sometimes called the experimental condition. And the other one is a control condition that signifies a lack of the intervention or treatment. The latter condition must vary only in the thing that is being tested, but must be similar in all other regards to the experimental condition. The reason that a control condition must vary only in terms of the thing that is having its causal effect tested is that a researcher would not want to introduce additional differences that might confound the causal effect. Here's an example. If I wanted to test the effect of encouraging words on anxiety among people who are sick, then I would need to control for things like the number of words I was saying to every patient and whether they were hearing the kind words or not. Otherwise, the other aspects of my interactions with people who are ill might be the reason for any change that is observed in the dependent variable, anxiety. I would need to be very careful to make sure that the timing of my interactions and my gestures were all generally the same, no matter if I were interacting with a patient who was assigned to hear the encouraging words or not. An important feature of a true experiment is that subjects must be assigned at random to either the experimental condition or the control condition. And it is important to test subjects in advance to be sure that the two groups are equivalent on the key variables under study before any intervention is begun. Administering such a test, called a pretest, can help to establish that there was there were no intrinsic differences between the control and the experimental groups prior to the start of any intervention or treatment. Now that we've nailed down the basic approach that a conventional traditional scientist might take, let's go back to what we know we must do before we plan our study. We must put together a good research question. I usually start with a well-stated research goal or objective. So let's explore my example of studying the effects of encouraging words on people who are sick. First, I should be honest about what I hope to accomplish in the study. This honesty can be expressed in my research goal. Here's an example. The primary research objective is to demonstrate the efficacy of saying encouraging words 
on anxiety for persons in an acute health crisis. This is clear and relatively specific. It's a clear goal, yet it is broad enough to provide me with many options as to how I might study the effect. In addition, I have very purposefully used the word efficacy rather than effectiveness. Efficacy is a word that implies generalizability to individuals in the population of persons who are sick, even if they were not part of my study's sample. You'll recall from our first episodes of Good Research that researchers in conventional slash traditional science like to generalize their results to those in a population who are outside of the study sample. Thus, it's important that I use this term efficacy. So now that I've stated my research goal to demonstrate the efficacy of saying encouraging words on anxiety for persons in an acute health crisis, and go on to devise a research question. It should be broad enough that it reflects my research goal, yet specific enough that it will take me another step closer to making one or more predictions and to devising my research methods. Here is a good example of an RQ for this project. With regard to anxiety, Will it be efficacious to say encouraging words to people who are in an acute health crisis? Or it can be even more specific and ask, to what extent will it be efficacious to say encouraging words to people during an acute health crisis? Or I might make the research question even more specific by asking, Will saying encouraging words to persons who are in an acute health crisis reduce their anxiety? You can see that it is possible to play around with the wording a bit, and I could spend additional time refining these to be more clear, too. This is something that, that researchers typically do so that they can identify clear wording that fits their research objective. Now that we have examples of good research questions that reflect the research goal, we can go on to develop an hypothesis. This is essentially a statement that is a prediction about what might happen in the study. Here's an example. Hypothesis. Participants exposed to encouraging words will have significantly reduced anxiety at post-test than at pre-test compared to the control group participants. Please notice that this statement is specific enough to help someone outside the study understand what the study intervention might entail, what the independent and dependent variables are, and how the protocol will be set up. For example, with pretest and post-test measures of anxiety, which is the dependent variable. This hypothesis also indicates that the study is a between-subject study. This means that each subject will receive only one condition, encouraging words or no encouraging words, and that subjects will be assigned to groups. Now, an important aspect of conventional traditional science is the awareness that no study can prove something. 
Instead, studies merely indicate whether data support or fail to support a prediction. As such, it is accepted practice to state one's prediction in the null. That is, to state it as if we expect the opposite to happen. Here's an example of a null hypothesis based on the hypothesis that I devised. Null hypothesis. Participants exposed to encouraging words will not have significantly reduced anxiety at post-test than at pre-test compared to the control group participants. So I've simply taken the hypothesis that I had and nullified it or negated it using the word not. This is customary in conventional traditional science when a true experiment is to be conducted. Once the hypothesis and null hypothesis are constructed, the researcher proceeds to design an experiment and her or his goal will be to identify whether the null hypothesis can be rejected based on the study's results. This is the epitome of NHST, or Null Hypothesis Significance Testing. And the data are typically quantitative, that is numeric, so that statistical analyses can be conducted and significance tests produced to show whether data support rejecting the null hypothesis. I'll have more to say about NHST in episode nine of Good Research. For now, it'd be good for you to practice coming up with sample objectives research questions, hypotheses, and null hypotheses. Compare them to my examples and identify whether they conform to the advice that I've given. I hope that you've benefited from this episode. Keep in mind that good research comes with knowledge, skills, and practice. Take care now, and I'll be with you again in another episode of good research. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Good Research. To find more episodes like this, go to www.clovepress.com and click on the resource link. Have a great day.